0: Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, m a c u u f.org. And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace.
1: Our speaker today is Reverend Kathleen McKern Berrigan. She is a licensed and ordained New Thought Minister. She is a student of world religions, particularly in de- Indigenous cultures, and specifically Celtic spirituality. This is reflected in the nonprofit ministry she founded in 2008, the Anamkara Connections, which in Irish means soul friend. Reverend Kathleen is passionate about helping people connect to self, to others, and to community. She does this by mentoring, teaching, speaking, and writing, and by leading sacred site tours to Ireland and Scotland, which her next tour is next April. (laughs)
2: There's space. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So, Michelle Obama taught us when they go low, we go high. Former Attorney General Eric Holder recently said when they go low, we kick (laughs) them. Did you see that? He said he was joking, but. And then the DNC chairman has now said, when they go low, we vote. (laughs) You've all voted, right? Yes. Yes. So um, I have to be honest. When they go low, I sometimes go, I don't know what to do, what to say, what to think, what to feel. Do you do do that too? Because each day I think it can't get worse. It really can't get worse. So a week ago Saturday, with a horrible massacre in Pittsburgh... I was facilitating a women's group on Celtic spirituality for Samhain and Halloween. And about, I don't know, late morning, I picked my phone up to play some music, and I saw a CNN headline that said, Four killed at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. And, of course, I had that moment of, oh, do I bring this to the group or not? And I had to just, in moments, discern, no, let's leave that outside for now. So the group went to three. They were gone by four. I took a nap till five. Turned the TV on and went, oh, my God. Did you do the same? Eleven. Massacred at a synagogue, a place of worship. They were going to do a baby ceremony. And I turned the TV off and I said out loud, all alone in my house, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to live in a world where this is happening. And, and I was thinking out loud and, and saying, my God, movie theaters, schools, shopping malls, grocery stores, campuses, what else? Concerts, schools, and then a yoga studio on Friday night. A yoga studio on Friday night. I'll tell you, when they go low, I wanted to get high. Did anybody else? <laughs> I just kind of wanted to go get high. But I knew that wouldn't solve anything. And when they go low, I do want to kick them, and sometimes worse. Have you had those thoughts? We're going to be honest about that today. I think that's part of the process, is to be honest with what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and do I take an action or not. That's the trick. So I came upon this um, quote the other day by an author named Aaron Lauritsen, and it says, The High, the high Road of Grace will get you somewhere a whole lot faster than the freeway of spite. The high road of grace or the freeway of spite. And I love it that she put, he put freeway in there because spite can happen very, very, very quickly. So as I pondered this road and this um, freeway of uh, spite, what's a third possibility? Because I work in threes in Celtic spirituality. And so I thought, what if we came to a triple crossroads And one of the signs said, Thoughts, and one said, Feelings, and one said, Actions. What would I choose and what would I do? So are you ready to go there with me for a little while? We're going to go on that road to that triple highway, triple um, intersection. So when I have a thought, it triggers a feeling and it motivates me to act or not. But how conscious are we of our thoughts? According to one source, we have 70,000 thoughts a day. It's about 3,000 thoughts per hour, 50 thoughts per minute, and just under one per second. So right now we're thinking, 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 thinking. And which thoughts are positive, generative, and which, po- which thoughts am I going low with everybody else? Thoughts are things. What I think even before I speak, what I think reverberates out there in the universe. Have you seen the video sometimes where athletes will be wired up their heart, their brains, no, excuse me, their brains, and then they visualize making a basket. And they light up that part of the brain as if they had already done that basket. Are you with me on that? that's what every one of our thoughts can do. I can imagine something, and then it will wire in my body that, yeah, you just did that. So what what do we do? What do we do with those thoughts? I breathe. I breathe. That's the best spiritual tool we will ever have. We can't always be here on Sunday morning. I may not have flowers or a cancel or incense or crystals, but I got my thought. Take a breath with me right now. In Celtic spirituality, everything begins the night before and in emptiness. So when I work with the breath, I start with the exhale. I start with the exhale. So try that. Exhale. Just blow it out. And now receive the breath. It's a little bit different way to experience the breath. They do that in yoga. We start in emptiness, and then we fill. So I'll have a thought, and it'll trigger an emotion, and, or a feeling. Um, How many of you do the Enneagram? Do you, are you into the Enneagram? Well then, we won't tell them everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) Well I'm a three. We're called the Performer Achiever, duh. I perform, I achieve, I do, I produce, I do all that. Oh, get out of your way. (laughs) We need you. We need you, Pat. Uh, So with the three, I was at a workshop, and they said threes are not in touch with their emotions. And my husband, the nine, doesn't like conflict, leans back and goes, oh, my God. She's just feeling all over the map. And the, the facilitator said, she emotes, but she doesn't feel. Do you hear the difference? That I can see a news story or something and I can start to rant about it, but I don't know what I'm feeling. And I really believe in this time we have to get to what this is um, triggering in me. Shakespeare said, said, give sorrow words. The grief that does not speak whispers the 'er o'er-fraught heart and bids it to break. What am I feeling? Give words to sorrow. So there was a news story a week or two ago about the kitten. You know that story, the kitten on the road? That was around here somewhere in Portland. First of all, um, the kitten lived and is absolutely fine. Turn on the news. And mostly I want weather, right? (laughs) I want to go see what the weather is. But there was a news story that someone had glued the paws of the kitten to the pavement. It, the kitten's fine <laughs> and a big burly guy stops and tries to pick up the kitten and realize what's happened so he extricates the paws takes it to the vet it's fine he adopted it and he named it Sticky <laughs> but this is what I wanted to do this is where my thoughts and feelings led me I just want five minutes alone in a room with this perpetrator and a lot of glue <laughs> now that's not very nice is it no, it's not. She's telling me, no, that's not very nice. But I had the thought. I gave it words. Sometimes I'll just blow those words right into my hands and kind of go, bah, get them out of here, get them out of here. Or give them, give them to the past. But I gave words to what I was feeling. I gave words to it. So um, when we see a story or hear something, um, we do tend to freeze, don't we? When I said the kitten story, I could feel the energy of the group. We stopped breathing. Let's breathe again. Exhale. <sighs> and then expand it in our aliveness and then send out that goodness. <sighs> Probably many of you are familiar with the chakra system, the energy centers in our body. The fourth chakra of the heart. And it's not just the um, heart muscle. It's the lungs, it's the shoulders, it's the back of the heart, it's all of that. The Sanskrit word is anahata and it means the sound made by two things not striking. When I have that impulse when they go low and I want to kick them, am I really practicing from my heart? But I can have the thought, speak it, clean it up, let it go, and then we ask ourselves, so what action do I take when I have that that kind of impulse? So the physical body is designed for motion right? Um, I was a dance major in college and had to take, you know, kinesiology and all those things. And um, I've never forgotten that we're designed to move. So when I have a thought and a feeling, I want to physically do something. And we'll talk about this in the dialogue a little bit later. But w- what do we do with that movement? Now, we can vote, right? We go to our legislatures, we stand on street corners, we do all of that. But yet, what, what is really being asked of me with my body. When I had the thought about the kitten or I had the feeling, I had the thought and then that action, that nasty action I wanted to take I try to breathe through it and to return to kindness. Isn't it the Dalai Lama that says his religion is kindness? And I don't always feel very kind and I think a lot of what's happening is not kind and yet the only thing I can do is go through my own energy system, my own body, my own spirit to bring kindness to the planet. Here's a short story that we'll take into a meditation and then open into dialogue. So this happened to me maybe two months ago. I, I like those antique shops in Lafayette, and you know, I go to the big school building and this one and that one, and then there's that little kind of funky one You know that little tiny one there? And I thought I saw a confederate flag. I thought I saw that. And I went, hmm. So the next few times I drove by and I went, that's a confederate flag. And it really ticked me off. And I had the feeling and the thought, and of course things like, oh, what I wanted to do with it. So, wanting to take right action, I was so prayed up. I knew exactly what I was going to say. And whatever they gave back to me, I would be able to handle it. And I walk into the store. Is the store owner here? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I just thought that. So um, so someone's at the counter, and there were a couple other ladies there. And I'm just kind of milling around, and I found two cute little shelves that would look great in our classroom. And so I'm going up. I'm going to buy them. And I said, so um, I see you have a Confederate flag outside. And she said, yes. And I said, I'd like to buy it back of the mind is so I can take it home and burn it. So I said, I'd like to buy it. And she said, oh, you don't need that one. You can have one from this stack. (laughs) Something snapped. (laughs) I was speechless, which is very unusual for me. She had a stack of Confederate flags in nice little plastic bags, unopened. And there was this great, you know, pause and silence. And I said how do you feel about selling something that's very offensive to a lot of people? And I, I was kind, I was. And she said, it's a free world, who cares? And I'm standing there, you guys, and I went, well, I care. I find it very offensive. And I started to walk out, and she goes, well, then you don't never need to come back, or you know, something like that. And I turned around, and I said, oh, I won't be back, but I'm going to tell everybody what you said. <laughs> And I sat in my car, and I was absolutely shaking, absolutely shaking. I think it was Runa or you that I texted. Was it Runa? Because she lives, uh, Rachel lives in Lafayette. I texted going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, God. So then I went into thinking mode. I could go back in and buy all of them. I could send each one of us one at a time to get them. I thought, how far away legally could we protest? And I'm telling my husband this, and he said, how... Oh my God, don't do that, don't do that. You didn't know she was going to have a gun behind the counter. And then I got scared. I got scared and did nothing. And we'll go into that dialogue. So we go into the silence in a moment. I'd like you to to actually go to that crossroads of what is my thought about this? Your initial thought. What is my real feeling? Now a feeling, it, it is kind of boils down to sad, mad, or glad. So if I'm feeling attacked, that's not a feeling. How many of you have done nonviolent communication? Yeah, that's not a feeling. It's it's accusing someone of attacking me. So we wanna keep that energy open with the other person. So we gotta get down to what am I feeling? What am I feeling? I'll actually do this in my house with my husband staring at me, I'll walk around going, what am I feeling? What am I, I'm, I'm feeling. What am, I, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? And it's hard to get to because some of those feelings and thoughts are not very positive. But until I get them out of me and do something that I can get rid of it or dispose of it or take right action, it's going to stick. It's going to stick inside of me. Do any of you have the mornings where you just want to put the blanket right over the head and say not going out there today well sometimes we do need to do that and I think that's that's important but we have to get out there don't we we have to be out there and be the kindness be the generosity be the truth of who we are even when we want to kick them or get high or any of those other things we might do that might not support what we really want is peace right to live in a peaceful peaceful country So with that, let's just take it into silence because I wanted to spend most of our time... Am I okay on time here? Most of our time dialoguing because I want to hear from you and others of what, um, how do you handle all of this. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to invite us to take three deep cleansing breaths. But we begin with an exhale. So empty everything out. and receive the breath. Let it out. Ah. Breathe again. And one more time. And allow your breath to find its own rhythm remembering that there is the road of grace and the speedway of spite and there is this triple triple crossroads of thought feeling and action let's go there right in the center of the triple triple crossroads thought feeling action and we'll take this into silence open your eyes. In a moment, I'm going to ask to take a deep breath and on the exhale to open our eyes but with a downward gaze. So let's exhale again. Breathe it in. Now open our eyes with a downward gaze. Go to the earth first. Be grounded. And then let our eyes come up into this world that speaks so much of duality and separation. But the earth reminds us we're one. So I look forward to hearing some of your thoughts, feelings, actions. Yeah. Did you want to stand up so we can hear? Is that
1: in my 79 years I've never put a bumper sticker on my car until this election season i got one from the aclu that said vote like your rights depend on it i thought i worry that somebody will come along and scratch my car with their key because i stand for that yeah and uh in spite of that i put it on
2: good for you good for you good good for us. us
1: yeah yeah so I'm still
2: waiting for the scratch. <laughs> now take that thought. She just had a thought. Was there a feeling with that? Fear. Yeah. And try to breathe through it. Try to we can't stop if somebody's gonna scrape your car. They you know. But we can respond and not react. That's another key here to respond and not, not react. Yeah.
1: I was wondering how you would, you wish you had uh, reacted to the store store owner, particularly using nonviolent
2: communication. Yeah, yeah. I thought about going right back in. I was shaking too hard. I was so angry and sca- scared. I was scared of myself. I had, wow, what came out of me? Which is why I don't want a gun in my hand. I see how easy it is to react when rage hits my body. Then I talked to, to a couple of um, trusted friends, very spiritual, like we are here. And they said, don't, don't go back in. And in fact, in my ministry studies, we, um, we got a great great lecture one time of how to interact with a fundamentalist. And it was, don't. Because <laughs> you're, you're never gonna win it. You're never gonna, in fact, here's a, here's a quick story about that. I had gone to a, um, I thought a coyote got our cat in, when we lived in Portland. And I was so conflicted, so I went to an all-day workshop on the urban coyote. I wanted to understand it. So we're all at tables, and everybody's introducing themselves. And these are cops, wildlife biologists, you know, blah blah. And this man introduced himself as a as a chaplain. I thought, oh, okay. And I said, I'm a New Thought minister, and I I am no, I said I'm a minister, and I'm conflicted because I love and I hate coyotes. That's why I'm here. So at the break the chaplain comes over to me and said, where are you where are you, the pastor? That's a red flag. I'm not a pastor. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm an independent new thought minister. And he literally stepped back on, oh, one of those. Anything goes. Anything goes in your religion. And, of course, I wanted to kind of snap back at him. And I said, you know, you are so passionate about your chaplaincy. I bet you're very good at that. and I walked away and he did it loudly and people heard it and I thought if I just keep going back at it but there are some conversations it's my opinion don't have them just don't even have them I got a brother like that anybody else have a family (laughs) member you just don't go there you just I try to go to their passion even when my brother older brother used to just He would turn red about Obama. He called him Osama. He would turn red. And we've learned not to talk about it, but I said to him one time, you're really passionate about that. I tried to just see what was going on with him, going, you're full of... (laughs) Yeah. What else?
1: So, given our theology, and I say our because you and I are both new thought ministers, Yep. Um, our theology teaches us that everything is always in divine and perfect order, no matter how it looks. Yeah. So those that stack of confederate flags, them too,
2: right? Exactly. It's all part of the, the pattern. The, um, I, I heard an astrologer talk recently about um, the ascended masters, I have some study in that but I remember he did this gesture and and this is kind of what he said he didn't use the language of when they go low but when I get down into that really basal nasty most human part of me I have to remember that there is an aura of ascended masters where there is a plan and and I don't think it's a conscious plan by this date and that's going to happen and we'll all be happy but I have to remember that there is a higher vibration that I don't see, and I can't experience it when I'm down in my drivel. Okay,
3: yeah. Yes, I went to a meaningful movie put on by Liz Stein on Friday night, and I know there are others who went too, and it was extremely powerful. It was called The Masks We Wear.
2: The Masks We Wear. What did you get out of that? What what was your takeaway?
3: Well, with all of this stuff that's going on in our society, what the movie was about was the way males have to navigate from when they are small Mm up until when they are mature and the messages they get. And it also addressed the violent videos and this and that. Well, my partner that was with me, it was so powerful that he had to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, He left and sat in the car and the part that got to him was um, the violence in in the videos and things and he assimilated he associated that with a grandchild who watches those things oh. hours uh, and hours and hours it was personal to him so, yeah so yeah it was an extremely powerful movie yeah I, I say the name again it was called the masks the mask we wear the
2: masks, masks. the masks we wear and we do don't we yeah. we we wear masks yeah thank you for that
0: yes
3: I decision months ago that I was going to watch the news for five minutes
1: and then I was going to turn it off and I was going to detach from what was going on and the
3: reason I decided I needed to do that is because it was poisoning my state of being yes, and poisoning everything around me and people around me and I just decided that it cannot have that much power over me. Yeah,
2: exactly because it, I mean, isn't that trying to have power over us whereas we want power with with that, yeah. Here, here's what I do. I realized, uh, see, my, when I say get high, that means go eat pizza and ice cream. That, that's what it means to me. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but when it, I realized a few months ago, watching just, because I do watch the news, I, I want to be informed, you know. And um, I turned it off, and I started. I literally started to go get something to eat. And I went, you get back on that couch, breathe through it, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? So that's something that I try to do, is detach. You know who Marianne Williamson is? Yeah. Author, teacher, very much into New Thought. I heard her speak a number of years ago. And, and first of all, she said, Baby boomers, get off your butts. We, we stopped a war. <laughs> and she's a little person, but ooh. <laughs> and, um, and then she said, we must be informed. Because um, many people in our tradition and our faith circles... Don't watch the news. And I understand and I respect that. It's very hard. And yet, how do we be informed? And what Marianne said, and I do this to this day, read the newspaper as prayer requests. Hear a news story as a prayer request. You know, there are moments when I've heard the president speak, I usually turn off the volume, and I can have a moment of compassion. This is judgment, this is opinion. That person is full of fear, it's a scared little boy. Okay. And I can have my moments of compassion. The other thing i struggled with, I started this with George Bush, of blessing him every day in prayer, even though I didn't like him very much. But we'd take him back, wouldn't we? <laughs> we'd take him back, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, but I'm, and I, and I have, every day until this election, and I'd be in my prayers in the morning, and I, 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 I didn't know how to pray in a generative, positive way. And so, what I came up with is I bless the leaders of our country, who are compassionate, respectful, intelligent, articulate. Because I can't say the name, I can, and I wish I could. If I was probably a better minister, I would. But this is the way I can pray and feel authentic about it, to feel good about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I uh, one of the one of the things I uh, I felt so strongly about the situation. But what it did, what I learned from it was, I had such strong feelings about the political situation, about the president, and I kind of had a new understanding of what people felt who felt so passionately against President Obama. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the truth, that, that realization helped me. It helped me to quiet myself, to quiet myself, because I thought, this is this rage and, and, and uh, unbelievability of this situation. And of course, I feel that I'm more justified in feeling this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> But nevertheless, it did help me. It helped me to to
2: deal with that feeling. Yeah, and and to me, that that seeing the light in the other person, it, you know, it, it's it's putting their light down isn't going to make my light bigger. It's not. And as some of us raised our hands with family members, um, my brother is the disenfranchised. I mean, he's the classic. He had a job his whole life, not a career, nothing that he rose in and probably minimum wage most of his life, and racist. I came out of a racist family. Anybody else? That would be my dad. But um, my mom just used kinder and softer words, you know what I mean? And I hated it as a kid. I hated it, and I knew I was out of there. I'm I'm leaving Iowa. I'm out of here. But yeah, this is my blood. These These are blood family members, and... Another opinion of mine, and we probably agree on this, is a black man in the White House. Not going to happen. So I think we're, we're living in a big, uh, like a wake, you know, behind a, a boat of all of this coming to service. I, I have a very conservative cousin on Facebook. Oh, my God. She tests my... I keep her because she tests. She t- and I also want to hear <laughs> what some people say like that. And I love going false, false, fake news, fake news. (laughs) So I texted her a private message one day and said, and I don't know this cousin very well, and I said, um, I'm struggling with how to be Facebook friends with you because half of your posts are hilarious. She's got my weird sense of humor. I said the other half I find very offensive. If you want to unfriend me, go ahead. But I just want to reach out. And she wrote back and said, Ha ha ha! If something interests me, I'll post it and I'll never research it. Oh dear. I'll just do it. <laughs> I wanted to be alone in a room with glue. (laughs) Maybe that's my new metaphor, going, I'm going to get some glue and just carry it around to to remind me of those kind of evil thoughts. But I keep her on Facebook and one other person, God bless them, um, because I want to hear what they have to say. And it's, you know, you know what it is. It's fake. It's all fake. How are we on time? Five more minutes. Yes. Hi, Cheryl. Um
4: that has been stewing with me a little bit is what happens when the results of this election are unsatisfactory or you know, we all have great hope and I, I don't know, there's some this piece of me that says, okay, that is how people feel, whether they're choosing this other way because of fear or they actually believe or whatever it's weird, it's like you're like, I'm on the wrong side and you're trying to, trying to say, and you, you know no, I don't feel like it, of course, but you're like you're trying really hard to understand or make sense of it, or whatever. It's senseless. And then you're sitting there like, well, what can I do? So, you know, and you are, and you're trying to, like, lay out a plan. And like, well, I guess I can, you know, work with my community and just at least do that, you know. And so having the plan sort of settles the fear of, you know. Good point. You know, so... Right. Hey, anyway.
2: Yeah, because I was thinking about Tuesday, and am I going to watch TV? Am I? I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. But thank you for that. Yeah.
0: Um, I saw a little clip of uh, Obama campaigning in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably mm-hmm. some other people saw that too, and there were hecklers there, yep. and they were screaming at him and you know how they used to scream lock her up about Hillary they were in Florida talking to a black man and they were saying string him
4: oh
2: I didn't hear that
0: chanting chanting, and he was so wonderful
2: he, I saw that he was a gentleman wasn't he and yeah. he,
0: he waited he let them go and other people were starting to yell back at them he said no 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 Don't do that. Yeah. He said, hold on, hold on. I just want to say, I just had this thought. Why are they so angry? They won. When I won, all of the people on my side were happy.
2: (laughs) Can you all hear what she's saying? This is really Oh, okay. So, come on, microphone. This is. This is good.
0: Okay. So So you heard the first part about... No, no, you didn't? Okay. So um, this was Obama speaking in Florida. And um, there were a group of hecklers there. And it struck me that they were speaking to a black man in a southern state. And what they were chanting was, string him up, string him up. And I was so shocked, but he was not, and he smiled. And other people started to yell back at the hecklers, and he said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that, hold on, hold on. And he let them go, on and on. And then finally he said, you know, I've just had this thought, why are they so angry? They won. The last election. When I won the presidency, all the people on my side were happy. <laughs> he said this tells us something. And what it tells us is they are being goaded into anger every day. And I, I can't get that out of my mind, though the compassion that he showed and his response to that kind of hatred. Um, so I think those people, <laughs> I think the Obamas really do go high when other people they go
1: low. Chanting Obama, right?
3: oh, Obama. They start chanting
2: after that. Yeah. Any last closing comments? Yeah.
1: Uh, one thing I was thinking about the Confederate flag. <clears throat> If, if one had the poise, I probably wouldn't have. But, but it's it's also very important to know that what that flag means to me is that it's the flag of people who wanted to have other people be slaves. But it might be that that's not what that flag means to that person. There are there are primitive um, uh, attitudes of of uh, Statesmanship and, and glory, whatever that means, um, associated with that whole business. And it could be that for that person, at least, that it had nothing to do with slavery. It had to do with the glory of the
2: South. Well, and good point, because I'm making a judgment about people who have Confederate flags. I'm making a blanket judgment about that.
4: I just wanted, I've been thinking about this a lot and the division and how it's driven by the top, it's driven by politicians, it's intentional. But I think about the people and like the hecklers or the woman in Lafayette, and I just keep trying to think. I need have compassion because they're in pain. They're you know they're angry, even though they won. So there's something deeper. I think that others say more of my political leanings, especially those running for office, need to reach out to everyone and say, "You do feel hurt. You do feel disenfranchised, but we can all make this better together." And that's where I try and keep my heart and. It's hard, and I feel like, you know, being, having that big bottle of glue and, you know, <laughs> kicking them when they're down, too, but I try and just think, where are the, the people? Not the politicians, but where are the people?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the heart. And the heart of, heart of our country, the heart of each individual. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to thank you all. Boy, that's given me a lot to think of. And, and let's just bless the store in Lafayette. They have a right. And if you want to go in there and buy a flag, go for it. <laughs> I want to say that quote one more time because this really stuck with me. The high road of grace will get you somewhere a whole lot faster than the freeway of spite. The high road of grace will get you somewhere a whole lot faster than the freeway of spite. We remember that together. And my mantra is we are all one and we are all in this together together and either i and i either mean everyone or i mean no one thank you